So guys, in the DNVR community, we've had several, several DNVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the last couple of years to make them their permanent family dentist. So maybe you just moved to Denver. I know there's always people of all ages moving to this city and you don't have a dentist, maybe you're looking to switch up where you're getting your teeth taken care of, check out Green Mountain Dental Group. They're an awesome family dentist located here in Denver. They're not some cookie cutter chain dentist that ushers in and out hundreds of people a day. They actually care about their patients. They'll reach out to you after you go in for cleaning or after you go in to get some dental work done. They'll ask you how your experience was and what they can do to make it a better experience the next time. They just care about their patients. That's at least my impression of them. Schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with Green Mountain Dental Group today. You'll get a free Sonicare toothbrush, a top-line electric toothbrush that will last you a long time. And you get that for just scheduling and going in for a cleaning x-ray and exam. Check out Green Mountain Dental Group today. A little, doesn't quite pop. The highlights don't quite pop, but I still like what I see. Man, give the kids some credit. Give the kids some credit. I am. I just said they don't quite pop. I mean, it's like a smooth-looking jumper. I like... I'll tell you, one thing about Zeke, he, like, bangs, man. He he, he doesn't run away from contact. He, like, initiates it. He's just constantly banging and hitting yeah. people. Oh. <laughs> there, it is. there it is. We have a special uh, guest on Some the girl was, came out of my bedroom. How'd that happen? Oh, wow. 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 Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is uh, DNVR Nuggets After Dark, apparently. Um, what's up, everybody? Welcome into Monday edition of the DNVR Nuggets podcast. Oh, man, look at that. Air horns out of baby. Lasers. Lasers. Uh, okay. I'm Adam Mares. I'm joined by all of my esteemed colleagues here for Monday. We're, we're bringing the energy. We're, we're going to get you set right. D-Line Co. What's up, bro? He seemed like there was going to be a... He left, there was a very, very pregnant pause there. I didn't know it was. Going to I didn't something. really have anything for you today. Just, uh, <laughs> I gonna, yeah, I, that's me. Like My dog is he's deliberating as to whether or not he wants to jump up on the couch. This will be something to keep an eye on for the rest of the show. <laughs> Do you like the nickname The Giggler that people have, uh, have given you? I feel like it definitely uh, has been awarded not with love, but... <laughs> like, what am I supposed to say to Hey, all good nicknames are awarded not with love. That's just, that's just how it goes, man. Yeah. Um, Eric, is telling you your window's open. Uh, the man with the wind in his hair, Harrison Wind. Um, I, I was sent on draft night a video of Zeke Naji absolutely stroking it from three, just knocking down three-point <laughs> shots in an open gym in Las Vegas from August. And I'm nice. sold on his jumper. I'm sold on his jumper. He looks like he has a good jumper. I think he's going to be a great three-point shooter. I think he is too, man. That jumper really is smooth. I was talking actually with my former college coach about like whether a smooth jumper really means something. He thinks no. He, th- he thinks that there's just something else about it. But I hope he's wrong because Zeke jumper just looks beautiful. Looks textbook. Yeah. Um, hype saw some uh, Hartenstein is a steal tweets on the timeline. Is. Night. He is a steal. Great Maybe signing. Most off-season. underrated <laughs> signing of the offseason. I hate wow. this offseason. <laughs> I do this offseason. Did you guys see how many points he scored in the G League? <laughs> I know. Hey, man, I, I will say that's one thing. <laughs> this is your rap. Now I'm falling into the trap because if you look at the advanced numbers of him in the G League, <laughs> just absolutely dominant G League performance. So maybe there's something there. Hey, when the Nuggets got Will Barton a few years back, same response. Like, who's this guy? Didn't even play in Portland. Like, what on earth did we just trade a Flalo for? A Flalo's good. So, I don't know. Maybe Harton. One thing I'll say, and we said this going into the draft, <clears throat> Tim Conley is better at this than we are. 
the, the scouting portion. I mean, he's better at all, all of them. I've never had a chance, to be fair. I've never had a chance, so we can't see <laughs> Yeah, that's true, man. We're still waiting. But um, I really trust him with this portion of it. The like, okay, who's off the dumpster pile? Hartenstein, let's, let's, take, let's take a crack at him and see what happens. So who knows? Um, <clears throat> on today's show, we are going to look at a bunch of odds. Now that the dust has settled, this is the Nuggets roster. We know it. We see it. There it comes. I see a lot of people saying, I think there's a trade. I feel a trade coming on. I don't. I mean, may, I thought maybe there would be up to this point. Now that we're here, I don't really feel it. Maybe I'll start there with that question because we're going to play a bunch of odds. And remember, vote. When I say odds, I really just mean percentages. Yep. Okay, good. So, That's good to know because I still don't know. I don't know what odds are either. So <laughs> yeah, we're just, I was uh, kind of nervous about it this morning when you slacked us. But. Oh, oh, great news, everybody. He um, He jumped up. He made it up to the- Hey, good news. Is that Councilman? No, that's, no, that's Millhouse. Millhouse. Millhouse okay. is, oh, there is. settled yeah. there. There he is. Adam right, confusing uh, Eric's dogs for one another is an absolute staple of this show. <laughs> um, so we're going to talk about some odds, um, but uh, and this will help us sort of like frame the, the season. I didn't have this one on the list, but I'll ask you guys just because it came up. What are the odds of a trade? Between now and training camp, I mean, training camp is next Wednesday. It is next week. In fact, we have shows today, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Next week, it's training camp week. We're back. Next week becomes the new season of DNVR Nuggets. So, uh-huh. uh, but before we get there, what are the odds? I'll start with you, vote. What's your, I mean, obviously, we don't know, but what is your sense of the situation? I'm going to go really close to zero. It's going to be less than 5%, yeah, in, yeah. in my opinion. Um, I think a trade might very well happen, but yeah. that to me seems like a deadline countdown. It just first of all, a lot of the guys to go have went already. You know what I mean? Right, a lot of the yeah, guys yeah, that yeah. you'd like to see, uh, and I just this close to the season, uh, it just doesn't seem like they have more more cards up their sleeve for now. But a deadline deal could happen. Yeah, Harrison, five uh, percent. I mean, who who is out there to to trade for? Victor Oladipo seems like he's staying in Indiana. Uh, John Wall, Russell Westbrook, no, thank you. Um, who's out there? Like who, who, who's the big name out there that's going to get moved before the season that could be enticing for Denver. I, I don't know if I see it. Yeah. Eric, what, I mean, I mean, it's hard to outside of all of, of all of us here, but just, you know, looking at this roster, does this look like it's uh this is a training camp roster? Uh, I mean, it's kind of hard to argue with any of the points that have been laid out here. It, I Good mean, point. it seems like the, the although the timeline is so compressed, like maybe Tim's feeling hot, like maybe the phones are ringing, he's just like on a roll. Maybe he'll just keep it going. But I wouldn't rule like, out like a a smaller trade. Um, yeah. I, I wouldn't. I, the percentages of that much higher. Um, you know, maybe like in the. 20% range, I'd say. Right. But in terms of a, a big deal that, that's going to like shake uh, shake the national airwaves, I, I would say no. A smaller deal, I, I wouldn't rule out completely. To that point, I also wonder, I know we're just sticking with this timeline, but with the deadline deal, I'm not convinced it would be a star either. You know, it may be like, I don't think it's this guy. I've said him a thousand times, but a Covington type comes available the wheels fall off in portland maybe it's that type of move more than like forcing the issue oh, i think the trade deadline i mean we're going to talk about this a little bit later but that that's completely separate from sure between now and wednesday sure. and i just I, again so I, i've seen miles bridges i've seen aaron gordon again i think those are more likely to be revisited at the at the deadline um so i i just don't see it right now i do like this comment though that came in from new new um follower evz or eves or evs um so i don't know so the nuggets got a trade uh uh trade a player exception which allows them to trade and take back more salary than what went out in the to the tune of nine and a half million dollars this um 
So this could mean something. I think it primarily would mean something if they were to just trade like Bowl or just trade Monte Morris or somebody like that. Once you start putting like Barton and then you the traded player exception, that's now you're talking about. I, I don't know if there's the deals like that that are going to make sense. They could use it. It could come in very, very handy down the line if Denver does feel like they can cash in one of their point guards for a wing. So it is a possibility. I just don't know that that's something that's going to happen right now. So I put it, the it super, yeah. super low. This is their it, team, I think. And what I'd say about trade exceptions, a, a lot of people are out there on Twitter saying like, oh, teams never use trade exceptions. It's always the, the nice thing that teams have that nobody ever uses. The Nuggets, ironically enough, acquired Jeremy Grant via a trade exception. That's Ooh, how they traded right. for Jeremy Grant in 2019, the Wilson Chandler trade exception. So they, they do happen. The Nuggets have used them right. before. So I, I do think it's a nice chip for Denver to have. One question I had, Wyndon, I mean, look, you're the Nuggets guy. You're not the Pistons guy. But why might Detroit have done this? Doesn't this seem like a gift? No, 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 no. So actually, there is a reason for that. Do you want to go? go no, go, go ahead, Adam. So they can now re-sign him in three years when his deal is up using bird rights. I believe that's mm. what it was. So the and only way to do that is if you do this sign and trade gotcha. rather than just trade him directly. So <laughs> it helps them out in the future. It gives Kronkies a little bit of money. It also helps yeah. Nuggets out. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Which I am sure he will use to provide the good people of Denver with Nuggets games that people can Dope. watch. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> That's the bar. Are they That's on the TV? Bar. People are starting to turn on the Cronkies, man. It's going to be a... It's going to be well, like we, the, the, the night coming out. Starting. <laughs> well, I mean, they've been like quietly dis, dis, you know, disdainful. Is disdainful? Well, I just made it one. Um, all right, let's go on to the next one. And this this is we talked about this season being about Michael Porter Jr. And I think it is. I think the way this is shaped up, I know. Look, we were talking about this before we went live. Every offseason up until this point has felt either good or neutral. Like we've been like, oh, I'm intrigued by that. This this is the first one that I think feels weird. It's just and maybe that weirdness goes away immediately going into the season. But I think this is the first year where we looked at what does the team look like next year before the season ended? Like, okay, what's next year look like? Oh, yeah, it's Jeremy Grant. It's this or that. And this is the first time where it's like, wow, this is not what I thought the team mm. was going to be. I thought Jeremy was there for sure. I didn't think they were going to sign another point guard and not let one out the door. Like, what's going on? Hartenstein was not on my radar. No, it was Drake <laughs> Wintington. Um, so lots of lots of surprises. So it feels a little bit weird, but now we start to get kind of into the weeds. I think one of the things Nuggets fans have said for a while is they need to clear a way for MPJ to get minutes. They need to force Malone's hand. Well, to me, if you could define this season outside of Jeremy Grant leaving as one thing, it's Michael Porter Jr. not only is now forced into the rotation, but I personally feel like Denver's hopes and dreams this season rest on him. Jokic and Murray and the rest of the gang, I think, are good enough to to probably drag Denver into the playoffs just as is. I mean, we've seen it without Michael Porter before. But Michael Porter is the reason the season either goes forward or backwards. So I want to ask some fake odds here. What are the odds that he plays? First of all, that he plays over 28 minutes per game. I almost set that kind of low, mm -hmm. but what are the odds he plays over 28 minutes per game? Uh, I'll go to, to you first, Derek. I think they're good. I mean, I think, uh, I think we're going to have to – rely on him i mean I, that that is the thing like you have to put players on the floor to play the game so there are fewer players now that we even know who they are and mpj is like been building up to this I, I i mean i really truly in my heart believe like this was the plan all along was to slowly play him until we had to actually just rely upon him yeah um and you know like why not like he looked he looked incredible in the bubble like it, i i just have such high hopes for the season 
Yeah, I love I love your optimism. You're such a good optimist. <laughs> I really do. I think it's gonna be like I mean, we've been talking about just the idea, the difference between the off season and the regular season. And like I put out a tweet earlier, like, "Yo, we're gonna lose this off season so badly, and our <laughs> only so consolation is gonna be a great season and an incredible playoff run." Unfortunately, sorry. It's, yeah, it's like the winning the press conference of the off Dude. season. The Nuggets are now like three and 54 we can't like, do it. it's impossible it's impossible like yeah. i mean team again like what team just absolutely smashed the offseason last year's the clippers like congratulations right that's just that's a good point i like that harrison what do you think about this 28 minutes per game line um i will say 70 percent. okay i'll say 70 percent. so maybe a little a little lower than than some of you guys um, look, Will Barton is, is still here. Will Barton is still here. He played 33 minutes a game last season. And look, I don't think he's going to come near that number this year. But, you know, Will Barton, he, he's still on the roster. He's still a guy Mike Malone really trusts. Uh, another <clears throat> big reason why he might not get to that mark, the injury concern. And, and look, right, I think he's right. been pretty healthy uh, can, compared to what we thought, you know, was going to be like, the, the first year of the Michael Porter Jr. experience, but he's still not a guy who you want to push out there for 35 minutes on like back-to-back nights, especially in a condensed schedule where, you know, they might not have as many off days as they're used to. That injury thing is still kind of looming there in the background. So I think the Nuggets will take that into consideration too. I The only thing I would say though is like, who are the other wings and forwards? <laughs> like yeah. someone has to play and, and I don't know, just purely speculating, shoot, shooting the shit with my guys on the pod. We don't know if Will Barton's healthy. I mean, last right. we heard it was knee soreness that he had to leave the bubble to rehab for that's been lingering since March. So I don't know. He might have to play 30 minutes a game. And right. the, the other guy who factors into that is Bull. Right. We're also wondering how much he can play. So this has gone from like, will Malone play MPJ a lot to I don't really think he has a choice. No, so I would say – 70 yeah. 75%. Here's the only thing cuz I agree with you guys that logistically it, it, he needs to play but the only thing is is we've never seen him play heavy minutes before. Right. And, that, and that's the thing I keep coming back to this season is going to be basically every other day for 4 months. That's a lot. Yeah. It's going to have like there's travel unlike in the bubble where he played very well inside the bubble. So I, I look at it and I go if you really are worried about his long-term health and this he's a long-term play not a hey this year play. Do you really need him 30 minutes per night every single night or do you want to like kind of slow play it throughout the course of the season and in you know make sure that he's going to get his body under him and then later in the season you ramp him up to 30 minutes per game i that's the only reason that for me it's probably 70 percent. i still think it's more likely than not and then i saw some people in here and you asked who's going to play and then some people saying i think you know barton's a shooting guard i think denver's plan this year can you bring that to me you bring Denver's plans to Eric. Bring was them, that, present them on a that, silver uh, platter to his living room. Was that uh, distracting for me to scream into the it mic? Was, that you <laughs> bring that TPE over here. But the thing is, the thing is, and I really just by looking at the roster construction, I think Denver's <laughs> playing small this year in their backcourt. I think that Denver's going to yeah. have a lot of two point guard lineups. I would not be surprised if Dozier and Barton both play a little. So look at that a little coffee. Play a lot of small. Small forward. I wouldn't be surprised if Bull played some small forward. So it's not like there's right. nobody to replace him. It's just nobody that like we think is a playoff player to replace him. Like Barton can't be here in the playoffs. But in the regular season, I fully expect Denver to go full Dallas Mavericks and have three point guards on the court often, yeah. two two or three often. 
Do- Dozier's a, a guy that I've, I've just been thinking about because mm-hmm. flashback a couple months, we were pegging this guy for a, a significant role in the Nuggets rotation at like the one or the two. Now, yeah. is he the Tory Craig next year? Is he like Ooh. the I Nuggets so. defensive like specialist that. at the three? I think that could be a great role for him. So, so I think, and here's Compaggio will play more than Dozier. I think that's true. I, I honestly do. I think that's, I, I don't think they I'd bring agree. in Compaggio, Compazzo, unless I keep saying Compaggio because I'm com, com, combining Do- Dozier and Compazzo. <laughs> Compazzo. I think that they, I think that they brought Compazzo into play. And that means that either Dozier is out of the rotation or just one player back or that they plan on playing him to the side. But here's the thing. If you have a lineup that features any three of Monte, Murray, Dozier, and Compazzo, I think the odds of the ball popping are really, really high. Mm-hmm. You know, especially if you have like a really good shooter at the four alongside Jokic at the five. I just, that to me, I have no idea if it defends. Um, there's certain combos in there that I feel better about than others, but um, I, I just think that's kind of the plan. So for me, 70% chance that MPJ plays over 28 minutes, but. There's still that thought in my mind that maybe the Nuggets are doing something else. What are the odds that he scores 18 points per game? This is a fun one vote. Ooh. I'm sorry, who is this? Michael Porter. Um, 70%? So I think he's it's, it's tied to how many minutes if he plays yeah, over 28 yeah, minutes, he's over I 18 am. points? I don't, I'm pretty sure this guy's going to score 20 points a game. I know it's crazy. It but is kind of crazy. I uh, yeah, I could see it happening. Maybe that's too high. 60%? Uh, 60%. Harrison? I saw that comment come up in the chat from uh, our guy, Ear1981, uh, a, a few minutes ago that I that he likes, like MPJ potentially leading the team in scoring again. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of back in on that a little bit. No way. There's no way. Um, what do you mean there's no way? This guy is an absolute bucket, man. He If he gets minutes... He's just going to score. That's like what he does in January. Is he got the bucket? first consistent minutes of his career, 21 uh, minutes per game, and was like scoring at the highest clip of his career so far. If he's playing 27 to 30 minutes a game, um, he's definitely scoring above 18 points a game. And I think he could be scoring above 20, which could lead the team. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think I, Irish flew over here. I don't know. I do not. First off, somebody in the comments just said yeah, that D-Line has the Irish flu. Yeah, I'm not hungover. No, that's not PC. Probably should. Oh yeah, I'm not hungover. <laughs> but I, I'll um, Google uh, it. <laughs> I'm just a functional disaster. So that that trumps all. Um, the thing is, is like I still see this being a Jokic and Murray dominated two man game offense, and like yeah, the issue, sure. the for issue sure. with that was that they like. They just like didn't want to share the ball with MPJ that much, which could cause some internal strife. But um, so I, I think it's just more like opportunity based. Like if if they run him with the second unit a lot, like I can absolutely see him getting way up there. But yeah, you know, I mean, it's we know what he's capable of, but we also, we don't know what he's capable of on a consistent basis. And we, I mean, we're going to be able to see that this year. So I think it's probably not. He, I think he'll probably be in like the sixteen point range so i see a comment here somebody asking that you know malone only played mpj three percent of his minutes at the three that's not true so i think what you're going off of is basketball reference which they list what position you are based on your height and mpj so tall so that he played a lot of his minutes alongside jeremy grant who he's taller than 
But who was the power forward? Who was the small forward? It doesn't really matter because they were different. They were sort of crosses, right? On offense, maybe, you know, MPJ would, would be one position, Grant the other. So it, I, don't, I, I don't think you can go off of those um, basketball reference uh, percentages. They're not, they're, they're not too accurate, in my opinion. Um, I just want to push back on something Eric said. Like, I, I think their lack of trust with him was a postseason dynamic. And I do Could think mid rate. Well, I believe that it's real. I just right. don't know how much it impacts decision making like mid regular season when they might even be relieved to just say like, hey, we don't have to grind for these points. Like there's a mismatch. This kid's on fire. Like just give him the ball. You know, yeah. it's a different animal. Well, well, hold on I here, think so Eric. I'll go to you in a second because it was my last question, which was, and I think it's as much as we talk about this is the year of MPJ, it's the year of Jokic, Murray, and MPJ. So that was my final odds here of this first segment was, what are the odds that they strike a balance between Michael uh-huh. Porter and the Jokic-Grant two-man game? So go ahead, Eric. I just wanted to frame this. Well, I was just going to say like <sighs> – I don't. I don't imagine them freezing him out. But if we're talking about him being the leading scorer, sure, like, I, I can't see that. Like that's. I mean, like I can imagine him being like very, like absolutely third banana. Um, but that means getting as many shots as Gary would get. You know, which is, you know, he'll get enough to score probably sixteen or so points a game. I imagine, unless they sort of retool their entire offensive philosophy to really start to integrate in and really do go for that time, like that, that grand vision we have of now MPJ becoming clay to Murray's Curry and I guess Jokic's Draymond. Like if, if that's the case and they have, they're able to put, you know, put one on one side and one on the other and just swing the ball back and forth and just like ruin teams from down from deep, like, which I really can imagine happening. And I really hope does happen. If that's the case, like then yeah, the, the, the chances are very good that the, that they find balance between the three. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, what do you think Harrison? You, 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 you're optimistic that this happens this year? I'm optimistic because from Jokic and Murray's perspective, like MPJ is should be their best friend on the court. Like he, he should be able to help them out so much just in terms of taking the pressure to produce and produce and produce on a nightly basis off their shoulders. Like you couldn't craft somebody right. uh, better to do that job than Michael Porter Jr. Um, on the other hand, you know, it's going to be on MPJ to – to, you know, be a little more of a facilitator. Uh, every time he gets it, he doesn't have to shoot it. Uh, he, he's he got to really recognize that this season because that honestly was the case a lot in the playoffs. Um, he, he's an ultra-talented, ultra-talented scorer, but he's got to be a little more unselfish, I think. And so there, there's got to be a, a little give from both sides of this equation, but I think it's going to happen. Um, I'll say uh, 75 to 80%. Yeah, and while he still has to learn the playbook, he also wasn't featured in the playbook yeah. last year yeah. at all. And there's an entire regular season now for the staff to figure out how to. <laughs> Maybe get that's why he didn't want so. to learn it. Like when you get when you're an actor, you get, <laughs> you get the script. No you look lines. For all of your lines. You're like, oh, I'm not. Your... <laughs> Wait, you kill me in episode seven? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that to me, I'm going to go a little lower. I think 65. percent Look, here's my thing with Michael Porter. I buy the talent. I, I think that his talent is being slept on. When people Ooh. talk about MPJ, no, I'm serious. Like when people talk about MPJ, like, I don't know if he can do this. No, I'm sorry, guys. 40 point, 40% three-point shooter, 20-plus point-per-game score as early as this year. He's just that talented. I've seen enough. 
The thing I haven't seen enough of is whether or not he can get with them. If, if I, I think well, I, I can't remember who said this and it was the perfect line. It's like the problem with MPJ is he thinks he's the best player on the court and he might be right. And that's the thing about it is he's so good that he might actually be right about his need to take every shot because he's so good. He could hit a lot of them. But of course we know at the highest level, you have to get the most out of everybody. I mean, so many great players have spent a decade trying to learn that lesson before some players never learn it. And that's my thing is we're expecting Michael Porter to see everything from our perspective of it, which might may or may not be, be right. But our perspective of, but our perspective that, Hey, if you just, you are a great score, you, most of the shots you take are like, you do deserve a lion's share of shots or whatever, but it's a team, man. Jokic is sacrificing shots. Murray is sacrificing shots. Like all these guys are sacrificing and you have to get with the program too. And I'm just not, I have to see that. There's too many players I've seen never get it. And to me, that frames what this season is all about with Michael Porter. And if he does learn that lesson this year, the Denver Nuggets are going to be not just fine, but they're going to go to a whole new level. It's just such a huge question. And that's and that's why sports dude, are fun. I, dude, I think you need those two guys to feel comfortable giving the ball to Michael for more reasons than he will finish this play. They have to be comfortable within the flow of the offense. I will make this pass. He will make the next one. It's more than just, is he a bucket for their yeah. comfort? All right, let's take a commercial break. On the other side, there are a lot more odds to play here. And I just want to shout out, if you guys, um, you know, if you don't realize this is, this is a video podcast. You're listening to this as a podcast. We put it up on YouTube and it's fun. It's interactive. There's a whole comment section, live chat going on with thousands of comments every day. It's really fun. I enjoy, as we're doing the show, I'm reading the comments and everything else and people are interacting. So just wanted to throw that out there. If you didn't know, now you know. Harrison? Yeah, let's talk about Breck Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. Do we have any ice skaters in the house? Right. Don't here, be ashamed. More, more Don't be shy. Ice skating, but yeah. No. <laughs> big figure skater. Okay. Yeah, big figure skater. So you have kids, Adam. I'm sure families are looking for some fun outdoor activities during the shutdown here in Denver. Look no further. Breck Brewery has set up an awesome skating rink outside of the Breck Brew Farmhouse. It's only $3 to That's skate. That's actually super dope. With your own skates, $6 awesome. for a skate rental. They also have an awesome tubing hill that is currently free. Parents enjoy beers and delicious food in a cozy outdoor setup and let the kids enjoy some winter wonderland fun. So that's pretty awesome. If you got kids, awesome. if you're looking for an activity to do on the weekends, hit up the Breck Brew Farmhouse. A tubing hill and a uh, figure skating rink. So that could that could take up a Saturday. That could take up a Sunday. Uh, so check that out. Maybe this weekend. Um, I feel bad. I, I need to come clean. I, ro- I I raised my hand like I was good at skating. I'm not good at skating. <laughs> can you, can you <laughs> get around a rink though? Like, I'm not good, but I can just get, I can get around a rink. I'm not that was, special. That was, I, can, I can get around. That was just weighing on me through that whole raid. I was like, I got to... <laughs> I used to be pretty good on the uh, old rollerblades, but I'm not, I can't say I've ever ice skated. Up yeah, dude, I was a roller dude. Oh, yeah. If you Backwards, want to bring up rollerblades, I, I will confidently shoot my hands. <laughs> uh, what do we? Uh, what else we got here? Oh yeah, DNVR four. The DNVR four Country Club is open. You are looking. You are listening to the commissioner of the DNVR Country Club. Whoa. Oh wow! So, yeah. How times have changed. Yeah, it's it's the new coolest uh, country club at WGT. 
Uh, I get an email every time somebody joins. So join up the DNBR Four Country Club. It's where oh, you want to be. Somebody please join with the name Fu Harrison. <laughs> <laughs> I see everybody who joins up, so I know I know who's in the club and who's out the club. But yeah, download WGT World Golf Tour from DNVR Golf, the official gaming partner of DNVR. Join the DNVR Four Country Club and. Sign up for these tournaments. We're giving out prizes every week. How did you guys do this? I I, I laid out a pretty uh, respectable score. I would say I was top ten for like a, uh, for like eleven minutes. I failed to to play this oh, week. I know. Boy. I, I, oh so many boy, here it comes. I Let's hear the excuse. Things. I don't. Have oh, I feel busy. Bad. This is the, the first closest to the whole challenge. Literally takes two minutes, Adam. You could have found two minutes. Harrison, how I did you played too? Like I had a chance to like two nights ago, and I was so tired and bed. Okay, yeah, here it comes. Here right, it comes. Let's keep this moving. I like this one. I've seen this a version of this thrown out in the comments a couple times, so we'll just go to it. That over under sixty combined points for the big three: Jokic, Murray, and MPJ. I like this one because. Because I think if you told us, if you said like that Jokic and Murray combined for 40, you'd be like, okay, I'm in. Now, if you say all three of them, I don't know. What, what, do, you, what do you think here, Vote? I would say less than 50%. Um, I just think because they don't necessarily know what the ideal balance is, like we were just talking about in that last segment. Like the three of them out there together is still very much an experiment. Could two of these three guys be dropping 20 a night on any given night? I think virtually every single time. Um, but for those three guys to average that output, like it would require a lot. And and I don't know, man. I could if if it's the case that Jamal Scorey makes that leap like we saw in the bubble, MPJ is an 18 to 20 point scorer per night. How much is Yoke really scoring this year? I think it could go down. So I'd say below 50. Mm. Wind. I would love for somebody in the comments to look up when the last time was that a team had three guys combined for 60 a night. Somebody tweeted that at me a while back, and I can't remember who the team was. Because that seems super rare to me, just kind of thinking off the top of my head. Um, It is. It's pretty rare. So the the odds on that, uh, 10%, 15%. But I mean, like, there could be nights throughout the year where they get 60 combined. I think there will be a lot of those nights. So I think, yeah, I agree. There'll be a lot of those nights. The guy that I think takes a step back is Jokic's scoring. Like I think, Jokic, yeah, sure. first of all, I think he would love passing more than scoring. And yep. I think he's going to have an opportunity to do that this year. So that's why I'm a little bit lower on it. But let's keep keep this train moving. What are the odds the Nuggets have the best offense in the NBA this season? Because that's another storyline here. Again, if MPJ hits, it Composo hits. Like the Nuggets Ooh. might have an even better off. I think they're set up to have an even better offense. So what do you think, Wind? Wait, what were the odds? Of, what was the question? I was looking at the comments because it was 2017-18 Warriors. 2017-18 Warriors, Curry, Durant, Thompson. Oh, that's cool. What are the Eric, what do you think the odds are that the Nuggets have the number one offense in the NBA? I think uh, probably pretty low, but I think that they have a top five offense. Okay. Like, I, I don't think they will. Like, Dallas will be better. Like, um, who else I don't know Dallas be can be better, man. Well, they'll be better, better than, they'll be better than they'll be better than the Nuggets. Oh, I see. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, yeah, there's a relative term. So uh, I think that they will have a great offense. Man, I don't know though, dude. I like we're just in this weird period where it feels like everything's falling apart. But I really think like we are just uh, going like Pokemon. We're like turning into this like. What, I, I, you'll have to correct me, young person uh, vote. But you're oh, like, yeah. Char is, Charmazar is turning into Charmazar. Charmazar is turning into, into, into Balmanzor right. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Blastoise. Blastoise. 
incredible. <laughs> I actually Dude, I know was Bowser who was in <laughs> Mario. Series. I didn't know you were a uh, Pokemon guy. Vote. This is an interesting. Vote. Well, you could uh, uh, clearly. I am. I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, not as much as Eric. Everybody in our demographic vote, I think. Oh man, this is Pokemon true. The Hawks are also a candidate here to have an point. incredible offense because they're going to have a terrible defense. They're they're, they're an interesting team. I, I do think the like if there's you were going to bank on one thing to to trend up, like to Eric's point, feels like the wheels are falling off. The offense, like buy stock in the offense. I think yeah. you're adding more playmakers. You're you're opening up room for MPJ and maybe even Bowl. Um, no Tory, maybe that hurts the team overall, but certainly helps the offense. I think so. Yeah. Offense goes up. I think they're a near lock for top five. Well, I don't know if anyone's going to outscore the Dallas Mavericks, dude. Yeah. It's, it's really hard to envision. I mean, you think like this whole time we're just talking about like all of the changes that are around the outside. Obviously, Jeremy Grant felt like more of a big deal because he was starting at the end of the season. But, um, you know, like we're talking about like changes that are going to be happening to the second unit or whatever. Like, we're, we're not talking about like the, the grand step forward that our starting unit is going to be taking. Like, I, I really think that the Nuggets are primed to have like a really impressive step up this year. So I think this, this is this is my take on it. I think they kind of have to have like a top three offense. We keep saying I see a top ten. They'll, they'll have a top ten offense. If they're nine or ten, I don't think the season went well because I don't know that this team is designed to be a great regular season defense. I don't know if they're designed to be a great postseason defense either. I don't think they are. But I, I maybe their defense can get up high enough to. to but their offense is just going to have to crush it. And I think they. You know, they can, obviously. I mean, we know if it all comes together the right way, it can be one, two, three. I don't think any of that is crazy. So I'm going to go with like, if it's a number one offense, I'm going to go like 10%. Top three, I would probably go 50%. And to me, that uh, that's another one of those things where you, I, if I had like a genie and I had to predict exactly what, what how the season goes and I only got three questions, one of them would be, well, where do the Nuggets rank on offense? And if he told me number two, I'd be like, okay, season went well. If he yeah. told me number eight, I'd be like, like, okay, I don't know yeah. how well this season went. Uh, if yeah. he's told me 12, I'd be like, okay, it's time to just play bowl. This is off the rails. Um, the, the, thing is, I, the thing is, with the personnel this year compared to last year, subbing uh, like a Cape Compazzo for Torrey Craig, the number one offense is on the table this year. And I don't think it was on the table last year. Just yeah. just with the personnel, with Michael Porter Jr.'s uh ascension with Tory Craig not being on the route. Like, I think the number one offense in the league is on the table. Um, I'd say it's low, like maybe 5%, but I'm with you, Adam. Like they do have to have a really good offense to rack up regular season wins. In my opinion, some of the times the nuggets have had been forced to go all offense have been like some of the best games. Like the, the Wancho greatest. game, the Wancho game was a total like everybody's injured. We got to play Jameer and Mike Miller and and Wancho Erna Gomez and Malik Beasley. Like we're forced to play these guys that never play, but they're good on offense, terrible on defense. And those have been the games where Denver's been like, wow, look, we make every shot. So I am curious if this is the year that things break right and Jokic gets nothing but offensive weapons and we just get a bunch of these like, wow, the Nuggets made 29 threes today. How fun is this? And, you know, it's at least on the board. All right, top 10 defense. What are the odds, Wind? Keep keep your answers coming um, in, the, in the comments. I'm posting these on the board. I would say 10%. I, I, I just 10%. don't see it. I mean, last year they they we thought they had a good chance of being a top 10 offense, and they finished just outside the top 10, I believe 12th before the seeding games happened, and that dropped them a ton. But – I mean, they just don't have the personnel. They lost their two best or, or their two best defenders at the three uh, in Jeremy Grant and Torrey Craig. They still have Gary Harris, but I mean, how much can he really do by himself? 
They're banking on a huge season for Will Barton. Um, they're banking on MPJ becoming a, a much better defender than he was last year. PJ Dozier's in the mix too, but I just don't see it. So I, I'd say 10 and that feels high. Are 10% top defense. Are you high? <laughs> First off, well, yes. My, my, like, what does that have to do with anything? Yeah, just give me a break. Let's watch the Mike Miller. You know I love Mike Miller. I love him as much as you do, Bobby. You know this. Come on now. Come on, Bobby. But but 36-year-old Mike Miller wasn't going to be a defensive stopper, let's be honest here, with like a horrible bag. Vote? Yeah, 10% is probably the ceiling on that, huh? Um, That's, that almost feels... I'm an optimist. Kill me. Five. 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 Yeah. Yeah. five. So they finished 11th before the bubble last season, guys. We just figured out before the show. In those, what was it, eight seeding games, they dropped from 11th to 17th. Yeah. Um, so that's good. So they weren't even a top defense last year, guys. And now they're down Grant. And we're seeing a probable uptick in minutes for MPJ and Bowl. I would say there's <laughs> virtually zero percent chance. What what, what yeah. are we projecting the, the starting lineup to look like? Who starts? Like I mean, that has a lot to do with it. To right? me, it's it's Jamal Murray, it's Gary Harris, it's Michael Porter Jr., it's Nikola Jokic, and then that last spot we'll talk about a little bit later. But I have Is it to imagine, I have to imagine it's one of Millsap or Green. The only other option would be to move, um, you know, MPJ to the four and go really right. and start really small. With but thrill? I the way the roster is constructed, I just don't know that that's the plan. Who I don't think it is. who makes the starting lineup? It's Michael Malone at the end of the day, right? It's true. <laughs> and I think based off that, we we can come to a conclusion. It's Millsap or Jamichael Green. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. I, I'm going to go three percent. I think it's really, really, really unlikely. Um, maybe we get a huge leap. I, somebody put it in there, and I just I had the comment up for a second. People forget that. Um, you know, Durant wasn't good on uh, – that Durant was a guy – I think that's what he was saying. MBJ, MBJ has a chance. Yeah, but it took Durant several years. Like Michael yeah. Porter is now a thousand minutes into his career. I don't think that's enough to expect him, especially when we saw pro- we saw progress with MPJ's defense, in my opinion, in the postseason because yep. he wasn't playing and because it was so glaring. I don't know that we saw a whole lot of that in the month of January. He was just so good on offense. So maybe we see a, a, a steep curve this year, but I think I just think defense in the NBA is really hard. And it, it takes hard. years to become good at it. Not well. Here's the, here's the other thing: is that we saw like a real evolution of uh, Jamal Murray's defense in the bubble as well. Like he was, you know, in years past, he was the absolute liability. He would get beat out on the perimeter. He would the, everything would break down trying to make up for guys blowing by him. And we weren't seeing that in the uh, in the bubble. We were actually seeing him matched up against guys like Kawhi Leonard every now and again, and LeBron James, if holding uh, his own. Yeah, yeah, and he was holding his own. Like, and and I mean, I'll, I'm going to hold to this. Like, MPJ possesses the absolute physical skills to be able to be a good defensive player. Like, he makes he makes a ton of like procedural mistakes. He makes a, a lot of like right. switching errors. He makes a lot of like you're in the wrong place, and like you can learn that stuff, but. That's a big guy, man. Like he, when he would get beat, and then he would come from the weak side and just swat stuff yeah, away. He did do a lot of that. Like th- that, that means something. Like if you actually are able to close down the paint with like a big, with big tall guys that uh, typically we don't have with Jokic. If we can, ha- we can get that from other positions. Like you know, top five. I don't know, but you know, like it is it going to be a disaster? I, I don't see that either. Mm. Um, I friend of the show uh, Bronco Squatch here. You guys can follow him on Twitter. He has, he's been having some really great uh, details here over the last couple of weeks, especially with like salary cap and stuff. He says he thinks the starters include Barton with MPJ at the four. The reason I don't 
I, I could see that being a closing lineup down the stretch of the season. The reason I don't see it now is because I don't know that Barton's going to be healthy to go. Yep. I don't know if he is or isn't. We're going to find that out probably here in the next week. Of course, training camp a week from Wednesday. But the feeling I get, the sense I get is probably not. So that's why I don't. And even if he is healthy, he wasn't healthy two months ago or three months ago. Like maybe he's not. Maybe he's healthy to start playing, but they're not like, you know, we got to ramp him up or whatever. He's missed so much time. So that's why I, I, I don't see that. Well. Malone's soul might also leave his body in the bad way if he has to coach that group for like defensively for 82 games. It, it also makes <laughs> or sense seven if you look at why did the Nuggets bring in new guards? I, it also makes sense because maybe they think one of them's not available, which would be far. Yep. So, so I think that yep. I'm kind of, you know, connecting dots that may or may not be there, but we'll, we'll have to wait and see. Um, what are the odds now that Bull Bull plays 40 or more games this season? I love this one. Eric, just give me, first, give me, set, first set me question, straight on this one. First question, does anybody play 40 or more? Are there 40 or more games available? No, okay. NBA, All right. NBA Assuming we also games <laughs> Okay, fine. Don't factor that in because that's a boring Content. Okay. All right. Well, sorry for my uh, pragmatism. I'll, I'll answer your GD question here. Um, does he play a lot? Uh, yes, he does. He is. Um, Bull Bull is going to be part of um, the rotation in some way or another. Like he's going to be coming up off of the bench and he's going to be wreaking havoc on uh, unsuspecting, uh, you know, merely six foot five, embarrassingly small NBA players. <laughs> he's able to block their shots when he's somehow 20 feet away. Um <laughs> It's going to be awesome, dude. This is going to be a good season. I can't wait. Let's go. Harrison? I think it's high. I think it's high. Wow. I'm going to go... I'm going to go 80%. 80%. I think it's. I think they're going to play this guy. Um, I, I've heard he should be able to compete for backup minutes at the three and four. Uh, I think more likely at the four than the three. Um, but I, I, I think he's going to play, man. I, I, I think there's going to be... A lot of load management this season, not just with the Nuggets, but with teams around the league, especially early in the regular season. I would think we're going to see a lot of this in December, in January, and in the beginning of February. Um, There's just going to be a lot of load management, so I think he's going to play a bunch. Yeah, I think he could play, and I also don't know if he has to be in the rotation to play in this season, as Wynn just pointed out. I think there are going to be spot starts spot backup, you know, opportunities throughout this season where the guys on the court are a little unconventional or not the lineups we've seen for most of the season. Also, again, like not to belabor this point, but they really only have so many options here in terms of depth and versatility. If they're really going to try to open up those doors, all might have to be a big part of this by the end of the season. Dude, think of of just the visual candy slash comedy of – Compazzo and Bull on the court at the same time. I know. Along with, like, along, with, along with Vladko. Like, I, I, like, I don't even know if they could score. Just like sitting back and like watching them bump around just seems awesome to me. Yeah. <laughs> it is going to be awesome. Um, there was a good one. There was a good question here. So if Bull Bull is good this year, it completely makes up for Jeremy Grant's departure. Now, I don't – this is such a long shot this year because, like, again, it just takes a long time for players to – figure out NBA basketball. I mean, Bull Bull hasn't like MPJ hasn't played a lot of basketball over the last two, two calendar years. So I think it's a stretch, but if we look at the brightest silver lining, and I really believe this, there's a great opportunity this season for Michael Porter to become the guy we think he can. And there's a great 
opportunity for Bull Bull either to become that as well or to take the first step to yep. becoming that, which yep. might not have otherwise happened had Jeremy Grant been here. So to me, is it likely? I think that's I think it's hard. If I if I take off my fan cap here and be rational, I don't I think it's it's tough to think that both of those things go well in addition to health and everything else. But it's on the table more than it was before Jeremy Grant departed. And let's be honest, guys, Bull Bull, if he can become more mobile defensively and he can like reach that theoretical ceiling, it's just a better Jeremy Grant. And so there is an opportunity for this to break right. And one thing I will say, and this is, this is something I've been hearing from a bunch of different people close to the team. I think Bull's going to get a shot. I don't know if he's going to win that shot because the ultimate decision maker to all your guys' points is Michael Malone. And Mike, the Nuggets have thrown Michael Malone enough like variables this season for him to feel very uncomfortable. And Michael Malone's the son of a coach. Coaches know, and the longer you're in this, coaches know that, hey, they're going to tell you, don't worry, man, just develop the young guys and it's all good. And then when you do that and lose, they're like, hey, man, we wanted you to win more. What happened? And I think Michael Malone knows this and it's not unfair to him. I think I, I think if the, if he did play Bull Bull a whole lot and it didn't work out and he did play MPJ and it didn't work out and the Nuggets are the eights here or missed the playoffs or whatever this year. I, then they're they're not going to go to him. He's not going to be able to go and like, well, I did what you told me. I played bowl bowl twenty minutes a night, and it just you know it didn't work out. They're going to be like, you know, you're fired. We need to find somebody else. Eric, you're muted. But um, so I think that uh, so to me, I want to believe that bowl bowl will play. I think he's going to get a shot. I think he has a gatekeeper in front of him, Mike Mike Malone. Now that being said. I'm told Michael Malone loves this dude because he's a sponge. He's a bit of an opposite of MPJ in that he just absorbs all this stuff super, super quickly. And I think his curve can be really, really uh, steep. And the last thing I'll say is I have heard that he's more likely to be a three than a, than a five and much more likely to be a three, four combo on this roster. So if you look at where there are more minutes, the most minutes available, I would say backup five. And backup three. That's where the spots. The four, there's already two guys that kind of fit that really, really well that will be in the rotation. Bull Bull might get a chance to do that, especially in preseason and in training camp. And if he plays well, you know, into the season. And that to me is one of the most exciting parts of the season. Certainly yep. one of the most exciting parts of the preseason. <clears throat> like we're going to get to see Bull Bull fight for minutes on this team. And he's pretty damn good, man. I mean, that's the optimist spin that this is now, there's some pressure now and we see how it shakes out. But the path has been clear. Like it's been a few years of waiting for these cards to be played and not just held close to the chest. It's all about the kids now. And in my opinion, this season is all about MPJ. And if you want a great, great fun season, then that includes figuring out these questions we have about bowl um, so that there's less of them next year. There's a real chance that look, the playoff floor takes a hit. Maybe they lose in the second round or six or seven games. And it doesn't look like, you know, that linear progressions there. But there could still be momentum if you're feeling that much more confident in MPJ and Bowl the following season. So plenty of reasons to be excited, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, all right. Should we hit a final break or do we have another one here? Yeah, we'll hit a, a break because on the other side, there's a lot more, um, you know, fun questions that I think will, will help phrase the season. This is good. I think this is really helping, like, phrase some of the big battlegrounds for the season. And interesting. I, I just want to say to our friend from New Belgrade, I'm not stoned yet. I just look like this. All right. I'm That's, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that is kind of yeah, look, guys. I don't have I a I in Belgrade, this is how everybody in Denver looks just on yeah. a day-to-day basis. Just day-to-day basis. <laughs> yeah, this is our look. Just warned in Denver, We're just warned. And, and this uh, offseason is really taking a toll. It's but intense. That's yeah. true. And in these unprecedented times, uh, we've had several DNVR listeners switch over to Green Mountain Dental Group over the years and make them their permanent family dentist. So 
If you guys maybe just moved to Denver, maybe you're looking for a new dentist, check out Green Mountain Dental Group. They're awesome people. They actually care about you as a patient. They will reach out to you after you go in for a cleaning or after you go in for to get a cavity filled. They'll reach out to you and ask how your experience was, how they can make it better. So they actually care. Uh, Hit them up today. Schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Get a free Sonicare toothbrush from them. Uh, The best damn family dentist in the Denver metro area. Um, you guys can also let subscribe. We're going to get kicked out of Pepsi Center when we make the Let the Kids Play t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> just thrown. I just escorted out. That's a dope shirt, though. I like it. I'm going yeah, to make should it do that. Like, like with, it makes it look like it's drawn with crayons. You know those stick, stick figure decals on the back of minivans of the family? You could do yeah. that, but have Bull at the three. So he's yeah, yeah, yeah. The, and the S yeah. will be backwards. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, guys, you can subscribe and save 20% with a Strava Craft Coffee subscription. Here, what part we're at, Eric? God damn it. <laughs> Sorry, please win. Go ahead. Get through this weepy You've goddamn You've never guitar. tried the rich CBD infused Strava Craft coffee. Check it out today. You can use code DNVR20 and get 20% off your first order. If you've already done that, which I'm sure a lot of you who are diehard listeners to the podcast have, you can subscribe and save 20% with a subscription by heading to StravaCraftCoffee.com. Get your coffee every two, three, four, six, or eight weeks and 20% off any product you are subscribing to. <laughs> Perfect. Sure, whatever. I'll it. It's fine. <laughs> oh, man. What a, what a great all right, final segment here. We have to go a little bit lightning round because I have like ten of these left, and uh, we have a lot. We have a lot more to go. Um, what are the odds that Bull Bull starts at least one game or plays? Actually, I should say should plays. No, I'll say starts. What are the odds Bull Bull starts one game alongside Jokic, Murray, and MPJ? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Starting oh, lineups are man. weird. Like Juancho started yeah. his rookie season. You know, like it just happens where it's like, oh, yeah. this guy's in. Like, did Dozier start a game last year? I, I, I think so. I Probably. A hundred percent. We might get It takes a lot of things going right. Like, to say Bull Bull starts, okay, that could happen. But then the, all those other three are healthy and can start. Like, a lot of variables. A lot of variables. Yeah. I'll say I 90%. The comment is 100% followed by a 0%. Followed by a 100%. I'm going to say 90%, man. This this regular season is going to be crazy. Guys are going to get COVID. Games Whoa. are going to get postponed. Guys are going to get injured. He will start a game alongside those three, I'm pretty sure. I'm going to go 90. Wow. Was Malone kidnapped in that scenario? <laughs> Might have been. Might have been. It's somewhere between one and 100. I am confident on that. Okay, yeah. It might be zero. You could be wrong. Um, I'll say sixty percent. Holy 60. crap, you guys! Okay, All yeah, right. we're seeing it. Okay, sweet. I think we'll probably see it. Like again, like we, there's just so much weird. Uh, there's a lot of GD games, man. Things happen throughout the year. Like it, it just could be like a it could be like a, a seven. Like if the, the exactly. Utah seven. Like if you put if That's you would have. So presented that like you'd be like what are the chances that Vlatko and whatever you'd be like zero less than zero what are the odds that Dozier and Vlatko start alongside you yeah. like, what no none like, then it happened and it was like awesome it was I'm the greatest go, game of our lives I'm gonna go like 20% I, I think it's really really low it would take this scenario that you guys are talking about I just think that scenario there's so many variables that I don't see it now will they be on the court at the same time I do think that there's a much better chance of that above 50% chance that somehow those four find their way onto the court i would love if it was a lot but i don't believe it to be um but i but i like it what are the odds um i put this one out on on twitter the other day that people 
a bunch of wet blankets like hopped into my mentions to say because i put this lineup out this is i'm calling this the brightest timeline lineup oh, this is with baby. rj hampton who i don't think is going to play very much this season if at all like maybe 200 total minutes i'd be shocked if it was above that um but i put the odds that they play over Wait, we- 0.5 minutes and people all were you know RJ Hampton's not going to play right. Yes, I know. That's why the line can was zero point uh, five minutes. Can you put the graphic back up? I, yeah. The way that you have uh, photoshopped yeah, RJ Hampton's uh, shorts, yeah, it, it really like it. His they're just pointing <laughs> the wrong direction. It's like it throws me off every time. So what's to somebody just knows like, like, sent it to Eric trying to picture. nudge him to make one. He's like, "Fuck that!" So I just made one. <laughs> that's first down. off. That that's not true. That, <laughs> no part of that is true. That's all. The whole part of it's true. You didn't ask me to make that. I would have made it. Well, look at this. Need to make, you need to make this. this. People like, want to get hyped. They want to get hyped about the bright. And then you can put a brightest timeline. hips. It. Well, it's, it's clearly Wancho. Just like, <laughs> just like he raced Wancho and has laid it over the top with like very little adjustment. Right. Sorry, I'm not a Photoshop guy. All right. We'll go quickly here. Lightning round. Uh, wind. What are the odds we see? At least 0.5. Actually, I'll say at least one second of that lineup. Uh, 5%. Yeah, five percent. It just look for like that lineup to happen. Time. It's probably going to be at the end of a game in garbage time. Why yeah. would Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic be out there? So I hate true. to kind of burst this yeah. whole theory, but maybe well, the preseason we see it. I don't know. But you forgot about a potential second set of seeding games in a bubble. Oh, we don't know. <laughs> don't don't rule it out. <laughs> so, at which point they they start eight consecutive games. Uh, no, I think it's like zero percent. I think it's hovering around zero. (laughs) I'm going to say it's 0.1%. I'm just going to just enough for the margin of error. Um, What about PJ Dozier in the rotation, guys? What are the odds? Because I love I love Dozier, man. I love him. I I don't know where he fits now. What do you think, Harrison? Man, if you would ask me this question two months ago or even like two weeks ago, right? I would have said 90. Like they just converted this guy from from a two-way deal. He's on a guaranteed contract for these next couple of years. Michael Malone loves him. The front office really likes him. So I've still got to kind of think about all those things when uh, when I'm thinking about this. I'll I'll say 60. Okay. Ty, above above 50. I think he's going to play. Vote. In we the rotation, yeah, I think it's pretty low. I think it's really low. Uh, yeah. I will say, He's but you good. know what? You know what though? Barton, Barton's health. So I'll, I'll put it at fifty. I'll put it at fifty. Yeah, mm. I think I, that's where I'm with that too. I mean, a lot of it. It's crazy. Even though, even after we clear out the logjam, it's just like it's just like nonstop logjam. <laughs> this team. It's like what happens <laughs> when you just get, need guys like, who are going to play good defense, man. Like Michael yeah. Malone is just going to play guys who defend That's at true. some point. Totally. And we, have, and, we, and we have a whole team of like That's good true. players. Oh. Harrison, you just talked me into sixty percent. I was going to go forty, but you just talked me in because it's Malone deciding. And PJ Dozier plays defense, man. So he's going to get the nod. I think. I, I really hope Dozier doesn't get wanchoed. Where it's just like we always keep waiting for him to play and he never totally. does, and then he just leaves, and we're like the ultimate like blue balls for it. Um, Marcus Howard, what are the odds? First of all, we don't know there's a G League, but let's just say there's a G League season this year. What are the odds? Marcus Howard, who led the NCAA in scoring, who is an absolute walking bucket, leads the G League in scoring. Five foot eleven, super scorer. Um, D line, give me your odds. 
Uh, I would say 110%. This will absolutely <laughs> happen. Like the, this is the, the G League is built for uh, the um, gymmers of the world and yeah, <laughs> the it is, yeah. like it's it's built for like the, the flame throwing uh, NCAA guys to come so in and true. just wreck shop. I mean, like Tory Craig was like was like LeBron James. Yeah, he was like yeah, yeah. 10 10. <laughs> <laughs> he was like a 30 point triple double. <laughs> <laughs> like could not be stopped. Like every time that there's a, like a moderately interested play, interesting player that goes to the G League, they just become an absolute uh, <laughs> like unstoppable force so i fully expect this to happen uh i love it um vote so kyle guy with seventh in g league scoring with 21.5 points per game i'm thinking there's no way marcus howard isn't a top five scorer in this league he just <laughs> lights the I, I, seriously fire. i think he's gonna be pretty close to 30 points a game this dude is yeah. a walking bucket and i think eric kind of nailed it we we touched on this in in a show last week those guys don't forget how to score. It just gets harder to get your shot off. In the G League, you'll find you'll find your shot opportunity. Yeah. So if Isaiah Hartenstein can uh, can average, <laughs> he was a see. I, I have it right here. He averaged twenty five points a game in the uh, that, that was in the twenty nineteen uh, G League season. Um, uh, that, Marcus Howard can average twenty five points a game, and that's almost enough to lead the G League in scoring. So. And the G League is, a, is if you guys have never watched G League basketball, I'm talking to the commenters out there. It is an absolute ball dominant, like guard dominant league. If you're a point guard, if you're a shooting yep. guard in the G League, you are going to thrive because there's not a ton of passing that goes on in the G League. Uh, there's yeah. a lot of one on one. There's a ton of threes. If you can shoot from three and Marcus Howard can, you are going to score a shit ton of points in the G League. So I think it's, I don't know, 10%, 15%. <laughs> 42 points. I love it. So, someone says I look like I could be a point guard. I'm just short, bro. I'm just tiny. <laughs> that's that's all you're seeing. That's what it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> all right. Moving along. We got two more here. Um, actually, three more. What are the odds Jokic comes into the season with the uh, Sorrows, the early oh, season oh, Sorrows? Oh, boy. Mm. I mean, oh, I think boy. we're going on uh, five consecutive years, but. Uh, 90. Carry the four. No, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Oh. So things are different this year. We haven't had as much time for him to get like fully reinvested back into the Sambor culture. Like he was only there for a little bit like there's only so much fish to eat. that could add to the malaise though oh you think that oh that's a great point well so maybe i'm just saying like he's not coming back uh with the fish stew um addition to his uh midsection but it's true maybe the malaise carries over <laughs> maybe he has a uh, fish stew uh, dreams so i want to be serious here for a second not that this was a serious question but i want to be serious about one thing i i am a little worried about Jokic this season in this one way he gets frustrated with players that don't know what they're doing. I mean, we saw, I said, I said this with, with, uh, Tori Craig a lot. Like there was just so many times where he would throw a turnover and he's like, Tori. And sometimes I felt like you could just purposely throw a to- turnover to make a point of like, you're supposed to be right there. <laughs> like he just gets so frustrated. <laughs> the same thing sometimes happens with Gary Harris. Certainly this happened with MPJ. And when we saw Bull, what's Bull's greatest highlight of the bubble? Block shot, take the ball full court while Jokic looks up Jokic. The whole time like this. <laughs> and then he shoots the three, and Jokic isn't even excited about it. He's just kind of like, what the hell is this dude doing? Yeah. He hit it. Yeah. But I think that Jokic, man, like somebody needs to get in his ear this year and be like, listen, man, this is going to be the most frustrating season of your career to date, especially early on. Because I'm sorry, man, but you got to put up with a bunch of kids. Like Jokic has got Jokic is the veteran now. He's the third or fourth oldest player on this team, and he's just going to have to deal with and get over the hump of playing with a bunch of these dudes. So I think the odds of him going through this early season malaise is very high because 
he's going to be awfully frustrated with a lot of people, I think, early on, just not being on his level. On top of him being like, dude, I now know what matters, and it's not the first yes. 10 games of the season. Yeah. So I think it's sadly really high, and I worry about Yoke this year. Um, what are the odds Millsap starts? We talked about this Wait, very can, can I ask something about that? Would, <clears throat> yeah, you guys be, would you guys be upset if the Nuggets let Jokic stay in Sombor until, say, yes. January yes. 1st? Yes. yes. I would be very upset. Yes. <laughs> really? Yeah. Come on, man. I, I'll be honest. As a teammate, too, I know, like, yeah, the armchair course. psychology. Like, come on. Yeah. Like, you can't do yeah, that. Yeah. I was uh, kidding, but. No. <laughs> um, all right. So, uh, Millsap starts. What are the odds he starts, um, Harrison? Man. Um, 45%. I think this is Jamichael Green's starting position, man. And I think it should be Jamichael Green. Millsap, uh, as a backup 4-5, who who can play some 5 on the second unit, I love that. And and like Jamichael Green, he's younger. He's just some guy who can absolutely eat minutes for you. And, you know, he's pretty durable. Uh, Millsap, you know, he's getting up there in age for sure. But Jamichael Green just seems like he can come in and he's not going to be super flashy starting at the four, but I just think he can be really steady for you. That's what I would do. Um, I I think that's got to be something Denver's thinking. Well, I would agree. And I also wonder, you know, to what extent Paul Millsap would embrace that too at this point in his career. Does he want to start and play heavy minutes tonight? Um, might he find it a little easier to sort of contribute in spots and to win's point, like maybe you, I like the idea of some Millsap back up five minutes where you can find them. So the only, I think yeah. even Malone would look at this and think green makes more sense. The yeah. only concerning thing about that for me is just the familiarity of Millsap with Jokic, with Murray, with Gary Harris, inserting a new guy like Jamichael green, who has never played with those guys before just day one of the regular season without much of a ramp up time in training camp in the preseason that that's a little scary to me. So the, just the familiarity factor might push to the point there. I don't know. Oh, and also plus like you won't like the spreadsheet box score guys won't have the ammo to be like, let me So you have a $30 million guy coming off the bench. Like the fact right, that right. he is, yeah. he, I mean, you know, it shouldn't matter, but th- there are these dynamics that do matter when it comes to team building. Like Good the fact there. that he's no longer highest paid player on the team there's not this pressure for him to be in the starting lineup he obviously should not be in the starting lineup he's over the hill in the in the sense that he's no longer progressing his nba career he's now on the downside but he's still very serviceable and he can bring a lot to the team and actually have better presence like that on the on the uh, bench unit would be incredible that's something that can fill the gap with some of the worries we have with grantley how about this comment from Scott Carpenter? I heard that Grant saw he wasn't on Adam's brightest future starting roster. <laughs> and that's why I left. You know what? He wasn't. We don't want him. Yeah, get Let's him out go. of here. Who get wants him out, him out of here? here. Enjoy, de- enjoy Detroit. Let's go. Yeah, dude, I, 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 I hope we meet up, meet up again, uh, a game against uh, a team of Iguodala, Nurkic, oh, I uh, know. Grant. Like just Man, all these the Jordan power, McCray. That's the power trio. That's the Jordan trio Cray, of players McCray. right now. Yeah, I can't forget the Grant. The man. The thing about Grant, look, he had the right to do what he did. Like he honestly, this of course, people are always like, yeah, oh, we, so we have a upset. right too. You're upset about a player exercising his free agency. I'm like, no, I'm upset about a player not wanting to be in on my favorite team. Sue me. Like I'm sorry, this didn't want to be a part of this like it. thing. My f- and, 
Also, they had an opportunity to win. I'm sorry, do I, does he have the right? Absolutely. Do I have the right to be pissed at him and now root against totally. him? Yes. And I hope that when Denver plays Detroit this year, they don't, because Denver doesn't, the Nuggets players don't seem to have the same level of petty that I do. But I would hope that when they go in there, that somebody just says, you know what? Jeremy's not scoring tonight, and we're going to beat this team by 50 points. Christian like, Leitner. Just, I'm oh, just do it, man. And, and Ravon. Ravon saying you're not with the, the Grant hate. It's not hate, you know, it's just like as a fan, you want, you want guys who want to be here. You want guys who want to be here. And you yeah, know what? That brightest timeline image Adam showed, as far as we know, those guys want to be here. So lock yeah. in, lock, lock like, like, get excited. Get yeah, excited. I don't, I don't even hate Nurkic, but when we play him, sports I just want to see, just wanna Dude, see him get dunked on every single time. It's sports like, And the thing is, like, I, I just quickly, like, I, I, I don't, I reject the notion that we are just here for these guys. Like, we just have to sit back. Like, any decision they make, like, we have to always be like, oh, cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we're, like, there's just, I mean, this is a, a conversation. This is fans and players. We have a relationship. They can do things. They're welcome to do whatever they want. I can uh, put out hateful tweets on Twitter. That's how it works. Hateful like, tweets. <laughs> we, all, we all play a role in this ecosystem. Yeah. It's a symbiotic and, yeah. relationship, and Grant can go ahead and burn in hell. All right. And when Tori Craig comes back to Denver, when Tori Craig comes back to Denver, he out. better get a standing freaking ovation from all the virtual fans in attendance. Uh, yeah. All right, everybody that, that tuned in today, thanks so much for hanging out. We love doing this with you guys. We love talking nuggets. Um, what are the odds D-line gets us canceled? 100%. 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%, 100%. Yeah, like, you always take it too far, dude. I don't too like, far, bro. Uh, we do not endorse that comment. No, no, no. That one's on me. That's just me. All right, thanks, everybody. We're going to be back Tuesday, Wednesday this week. We're going to be doing shows Thursday, Friday. Everybody enjoy their holidays, but we do have a couple more coming up. We'll see you all then. Oh, man, right at the perfect time of the song. During these uncertain times, guys, why not have it both ways? Why not make money and work while you're earning your degree? You can do that at MSU Denver Online. At a typical university, you know, sometimes you have to choose between working a full-time job and going to school and getting an education. You don't have to make that choice with MSU Denver Online. You can totally customize your schedule with MSU Denver Online to make it work around your current full-time job because at MSU Denver Online, most of the students there work and take classes at the same time. So that's the great thing about MSU Denver Online. The teachers there, they understand that the type of students they're teaching to come from all different backgrounds. And MSU Denver Online education isn't going to break your wallet either. You can also work a full-time job while going and taking classes at MSU Denver Online. And your teachers know that you are too. So they're understanding about that portion of your life as well. Check out their entire course list online, msudenver.edu backslash online. They have courses in every subject imaginable. And hey, these teachers at MSU Denver Online, they know how to get content and course information across to you online in a really engaging manner because they've been teaching online forever. So check them out today. Hey, maybe you'll be going back to school uh, this fall or this spring or next summer. Check them out.